Good day and special Holy Week greetings to you. Francis Gargani here at the Redemptorist Provincial Residence in Washington, D.C. We stand together on the cusp of the great Feast of Easter, spread out over the course of three days, starting tomorrow with the glorious Feast of Holy Thursday, the anniversary institution of the Eucharist, our Passover meal par excellence. Good Friday and Holy Saturday's liturgies will follow form, will follow and form the other two movements in the Symphony of Easter, the most important feast and mystery of our faith tradition. But as if we're offered a cautionary note before the symphony is launched, we have today's reading from Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 to 25. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And Jesus said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, Jesus reclined a table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it's not I, Lord? And Jesus said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas' betrayer said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. I suggested this drama-filled reading be experienced as a cautionary note because the reality is, though we can't profess enough that Christ's resurrection is our victory over evil, sin, and death, also we who are plunged into his death and victory in the waters of baptism and empowered with the Holy Spirit and confirmation must continue to live in a world filled with pain and suffering, trial, and discouragement. Easter life changes everything indeed. Christ's resurrection is our infallible hope that love will ultimately overcome the darkness of evil and sin. But, as we know too well, being a disciple of Christ doesn't preclude suffering and death. Christ's dying and rising embraces all sin and transforms our lives but the challenges we struggle with day in and day out must still be faced, but no longer without the mystery of love's triumph 
as the ultimate reality, lacing even the worst horrors with indefatigable hope. And so today's painful story of the betrayal Jesus suffers is just that cautionary note that we must sound. Too many of us probably even have difficulty reading this part of the story of Jesus' passion because of the betrayals we have suffered in our lives. Too many of us have suffered deep, very wounding personal betrayals, such as the infidelity of a spouse, or the rejection or disloyalty of a close friend, or a terrible breach with a sibling, or child, or parent, let alone a romantic partner. Betrayal has got to be one of the worst sufferings of life. It's one of those deep wounds every parent wants to protect their child from experiencing, but can only hope to be there to support them through the healing of their broken hearts. And broken heart is an apt metaphor for what we suffer with betrayal. Research shows that the emotional trauma experienced from betrayal can bring about heart attacks, strokes, even trigger chronic diseases. Heartbreak is literal. Think of how Jesus dealt with betrayal. Let's face it, Jesus suffered betrayal not just from Judas, but also from Peter, if not all the apostles who fled from his side when he was brought before Pilate. Think of how Jesus responded to Peter in that memorable resurrection appearance in John, caught up in chapter 21, verses 15 and following, when instead of recriminating Peter or minimizing his own suffering or even asking for an apology, Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? Jesus invites us to once again journey with him to Calvary, to the tomb, and yes, to Easter morning, and to allow him to take the suffering of the betrayals of our life with him to the cross, to the grave, and yes, to the lifting up by the Holy Spirit of his resurrection, traumatic as they can be for us. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is as real for us now as it ever was, and that fountain of mercy unleashed upon us gives us the power to not only allow the betrayals of life never to deny us life, but even to become part of the fabric of our life. Though betrayal can feel like it's squeezing all life out of us, drying up our very hearts, the love of God unleashed upon us now through the Easter mystery will journey with us to resurrection hope. Betrayal nor any evil can overcome us. Christ has overcome. O sacred head surrounded by crown of piercing thorn, O bleeding head so wounded, reviled and put to scorn, the power of death comes o'er you, the glow of life decays. Yet angel hosts adore you and tremble as they gaze. 
In this your bitter passion, good shepherd, think of me. With your most kind compassion, unworthy though I be, beneath your cross abiding, forever would I rest in your dear love confiding, and with your presence blessed. What language shall I borrow to thank you, dearest friend, for this your dying sorrow, your mercy without end? Lord, make me yours forever, a loyal servant true. And let me never, never outlive my love for you. Amen.